From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, AREDS 2. People who eat large amounts of lutein zeaxanthine had a lower risk of max generation. First this. This year's ASCRS annual symposium was great. I learned a lot that I'm applying to my practice right now. If I have any complaint, it's that I couldn't get to all the sessions I wanted to because some of them overlapped. That's why I'm so excited about the new ASCRS Media Center. More than 1,300 sessions from that meeting are now available through this great new resource. See what you missed or revisit the most interesting sessions. The Media Center is free to all meeting attendees. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information. Lutein, zeaxanthin, long-chain polyunsaturated fatty acids, I of newt. Okay, maybe not I of newt. The ARIDS supplement is being revisited. The original ARIDS formula was demonstrated to reduce the rate of advanced AMD in people at high risk by about 25% over a six-year period. But if we already have a successful formula, why revisit it? The original AREDS formula included a lot of zinc and no lutein or zeaxanthine, a pigment found in dark leafy greens that I recommend to my AMD patients. The new study, creatively called AREDS 2, is examining the influence of these compounds as well as long-chain polyunsaturated fatty acids. Emily Chu of the National Eye Institute has just published study design and baseline characteristics for AREDS2, and I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Chu as my guest today. Before we begin to discuss the design of AREDS2, let's talk about the original AREDS study. What was the objective, and can you tell me what the, what the design of the study was? The objective of the AREDS1 was originally to look at natural history of both uh, macrogeneration, HV macrogeneration, and cataract. And when we started that, we said, well, you know, natural history is not much fun. We're watching people you know, go on to events and, and become blind. So let's do something. And that something came out to be a little nutritional workshop, and we decided to test. There was really no real basis, and the main thing that drove it was the fact that there, at that point in 1988, there was a study conducted by David Newsom on zinc, and he found that zinc reduced the risk of mac generation. And because of that, there was a, a big industry uh, already you know, spun by that, but there was really no proof. So we decided we would go ahead and look at that. And so it became a clinical trial. And the clinical trial came about, came about with a nutritional workshop we had. They suggested at that time they were looking at um, large doses of antioxidant vitamins for cardiovascular disease and for cancer. So based on those doses, we looked at vitamin C, half a gram, vitamin E, 400 international units, beta carotene, 50 milligrams, and then the zinc, which was a very high dose of 80 milligrams, zinc oxide. And because zinc causes um, copper deficiency anemia, we put in copper as well, two milligrams. So that was the basis for it, and, and we were to do this, say, for at least five years. And what were the, the findings and the, the recommendations that then followed from that first study? 
so it ended in 2001, and at that point, we, we, we had varying degrees of macular degeneration because we were looking at people with cataract as well. We found that, especially in patients in what we call category 3 and 4, these are patients with moderate risk or intermediate risk of macular degeneration, um, namely large drusen in both eyes, at least large drusen in both eyes, or advanced AMD in one eye. They were the ones who benefit the most. There was like a 25% reduction in the risk of developing advanced AMD uh, at the end of five years. So the 25% reduction in advanced AMD, also about a 27% reduction in the risk of moderate vision loss. That's three-line loss, you know, 2040 to 2080, 2020 to 2040 type of thing. Now, we're going to talk later about why you made the composition choices that that you made, but let me ask you first, how does the AREDS 2 supplement differ in in composition from the AREDS supplement, the the original supplement? Oh, it's it's very different in that we we focus on the xanthophils or macular xanthophils, which is the two carotenoids that make up the macular pigment, uh, lutein and zeaxanthine. We wanted to put lutein in our original AREDS supplement, but at that point there was nothing commercially available. We couldn't buy lutein that way. So lutein and zeaxanthine have been found in large epidemiological studies, both in AREDS and a number of other studies suggesting that people who eat large amounts of lutein zeaxanthine had a lower risk of max generation. We found that in our own study, there was almost a 45% reduction uh, in patients with geographic atrophy, for example, and about 40% reduction in risk of uh, nevascular AMD. Uh, and, and what contains lutein zeaxanthine? Green leafy vegetables, not carrots, as your mother suggests, but spinach, collard green, kale. Those are the highest, um, the highest, highest amounts of of, uh, of lutein in, in naturally occurring um, plants. And we have to consume it. We we don't make it ourselves, and they're only found in plants. The second thing was that we found people in our study in errors, and again in other studies, that had the highest intake, again, dietary intake of omega-3s, which are uh, DHA or EPA, the two components. Um, They are found mostly in cold water fish, such as salmon, for example. And again, eating a lot of that in your diet decrease your risk of both nevascular and also large drusen and advanced AMD. So based on those two facts, we decided to test these two, um, lutein, zeaxanthine, omega-3. And it was what we call a factorial design. So that there was actually four arms. People were in the placebo arm, people given lutein zeaxanthine, people given omega-3, and then the combination of the two. Most of the changes to the formula from the, the first study are things that you've added on, but two are things that you've cut back. What is the rationale for reducing zinc and why cut out beta carotene? And and by extension, and, and you touched on this, with the with the zinc, why were these included in the formula from the first study? So beta carotene was a big player in the days when we started. Uh, you know, we started the study in 1990, and beta carotene was thought to be important for reducing lung cancer. If you recall, there were two large studies which came out during the course of our study, in which the National Institutes of Health, the Cancer Institute, supported, and they found that people who were given large doses of of uh, of beta carotene, which is similar to our dose, they actually increase the risk of lung cancer in people who are smokers and also increase mortality. So the first study came out, we thought, well, is this a fluke? Is this a chance finding? But the second one came out. So it was pretty convincing that beta carotene was not to be given to people who are smokers. 
and we don't know, you know, when is a former smoker a former smoker? We don't always know. So that became a problem. And then secondly, the zinc has always been an issue. When we did a, a nutritional workshop, the zinc experts said, that's way too high. You know, most studies are, are much, much less. So over the years, we've now found that uh, there's new data suggesting we don't absorb that much zinc. The zinc that we maximally can absorb is, is probably less than 25 milligrams. But we know if we give them 25 milligrams, we're, like, we're likely to, to be able to, to give all that we need to give and without having to, to have a lot of waste. And uh, are there toxic effects of zinc? Well, when we looked at it in an study, men in particular, uh, there was 8% versus 4% were hospitalized more if they were given zinc for genital urinary problems. And that was more like zinc uh, causing perhaps uh, hyper, hyperplasia of, of the prostate and there were more genital urinary infections. So we felt for that reason um, that we could reduce it. And so the ARIS-2, in addition to looking at lutein, zeaxanthine, and omega-3, has a secondary randomization in which we asked the participants, would you be willing, if we want to refine the ARITS formulation, would you be willing to take a different formulation? Now, a quarter of them said, no, I'd rather take what I'm taking. I'd like want to bank on this. The other three quarters said, sure, go ahead. So we randomized them to the classic ARITS formulation. Then we eliminated beta-carotene in one arm. The third arm had a low zinc, 25 milligrams. And the fourth arm had the combination of low zinc and also no beta-carotene. You gave a a biochemical rationale for including lutein and zeaxanthine, and, and you mentioned an empiric benefit from prior studies to uh, uh, fish fish oils. Uh, uh, do, is is there any idea biochemically what mm-hmm, the benefit mm-hmm. uh, what, what 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 the what the benefit is? Of, sure. Uh, long long chain polyunsaturated fatty acids. Sure, these LC PUFAs, as we call them, long chain polyunsaturated fatty acids, are the main structural changes in the membranes of the retina. So they're very crucial. They also have been shown in animal models. Um, Lois has an animal model of uh, oxygen uh, induced retinopathy, and those mice are, are undergoing that process where they develop knee vascularization, the, the actual omega-3 mice that were given omega-3 or the mice that are genetic engineered to make their omega-3 actually had a decreased risk, a much decreased risk of having knee vascularization. So there's animal studies suggesting it might be important for knee vascularization. There are also other studies suggesting that, that they, they, different types of, of, of these uh, omegas may have a different um, role. And the omega, omega-3s in particular um, versus omega-6 are different. Omega-3, for example, may be important in reducing inflammation. So we just don't know the pathogenesis of AMD. Uh, we know the inflammation, the complex factors, and others are, are an important role. Somehow the trigger, we don't know. But if we can reduce it, it's relatively cheap. Uh, we felt that it was worth trying for that reason. Your study population for this new study is a little bit different from the study population from the from the first study. Can you can you sort of flesh that that out? Tell me how this study population is different and and maybe why. Sure. So we know from our ERITS one, we knew who were at risk for macular degeneration. We were interested in studying macular degeneration. ERITS one 
uh, you know, also included cataracts. So we needed people with, with no macular degeneration. So for that reason, we had uh, controls that had no macular degeneration. Because of no macular degeneration, quite often they were a little bit younger as well. So the average age is younger. But because these people are at much higher risk for macular degeneration, they're already at an older age. So it's, it's almost nine or ten years older than the average one population. So we have very few people who have very little. We have up 200 patients who may have just very low AMD level, but most of them are at least intermediate to to um, advanced disease in one eye. Uh, so that's really the main reason that, that they're different. Can I get you to tell me what the design of the study is and, and, and what your main outcome measures are going to be going forward? So ERITS2 um, started in, in you know 2006. We were interested in, again, a factorial design where we were looking for the effects, the primary effects are whether lutein, zeaxanthin, or omega-3 have any effect in altering the development to advance macular generation. And vision is a secondary outcome, mainly because now with nevascular AMD, we have better treatments. For example, the, the anti-VEGF therapies of the Centosavastin have, uh, and ILEA now, have really improved our, our visual acuity. So it, it's hard to look for visual acuity change as much. So the, just the, the fact of advanced disease, either by central photographic grading or by the fact that patients had treatment or one sort or another, or development of geographic atrophy, of course, is another important aspect. So central geographic atrophy, advanced new vascular AMD is our primary outcome. Secondary outcome includes vision, includes even a lens extraction. There are thoughts that lutein zeaxanthin reside in the lens, and they may be important. There are observational data suggesting people who, again, have higher intakes of lutein zeaxanthin may have lower risks of cataract. So we're looking at that. Uh, there are other secondary outcomes where, you know, there's been a lot of talk about omega-3s and, and on cognitive function testing. So we're doing cognitive function testing at baseline every two years in our whole population. Uh, cardiovascular disease has been a, another important uh, aspect. So we're looking at very, very, very finely and scrutinizing each event and looking for, including looking at enzymes. So we're looking at whether omega-3 has any effect on cardiovascular disease. When do you think we, we'll see publication of, of some of your, your first findings? Uh, we, we're planning to finish patient um, examinations by the end of this year, so this is coming to a close fairly soon. Um, with luck and, and, and hopefully analysis and things will go in terms of publication, we really you know, have to, uh, to make sure that, that we can get that in. And, and obviously publications cannot be predicted, but we're aiming for sometime in spring, um, May or June. In the context of your own practice now, what are you recommending to your AMD patients? And are your recommendations different for different AMD phenotypes? At this point, wish we had some better knowledge of what the phenotypes are. We know from ERITS that the people who benefit the most are people who have intermediate drusen, or intermediate AMD with large drusen in both eyes or pigmentary change and advanced disease in one eye. Those are the only patients who really seem to benefit. Going from a little bit of drusen to larger drusen had no effect with the drugs or with our, our uh, multivitamins and, and minerals. So I still stick to ERITS-1 formulation. I tell my patients I don't have the results of ERITS-2. That's still experimental. I have patients who come in who are, who are placed on it. I don't stop them because I don't really, you know, clearly the study hasn't shown any uh, harmful effect. The beneficial effects is still yet to be seen. So I stick to my ERITS-1. I tell them, 
you know, I don't know what that means. Your doctors put you on it, but we don't have the answer and you're welcome to stay on or you want to take off yourself. That's fine. I think it's between you and your doctor. As far as I'm concerned, I'm recommending you to take the ARITS-1 because that's what's recommended and that's what we have um, really data for. And so other phenotypes, <clears throat> you know, is it better for, for people with certain, with RAP or with, no, we don't have that information. We do know that as long as they have intermediate AMD and advanced disease in one eye, they should definitely be on, uh, on, on the ARITS supplements. Thank you so, so much, Emily. Oh, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. Emily Chu is Deputy Director in the Division of Epidemiology and Clinical Research at the National Eye Institute in Bethesda, Maryland. Her paper, The Age-Related Eye Disease Study 2, AREDS 2, Study Design and Baseline Characteristics, AREDS 2 Report Number 1, appears in the November 2012 issue of Ophthalmology. Here's some additional information about the new ASCRS Media Center. Almost all of the 2012 ASCRS ASOA meeting was audio and video recorded, and there are now more than 1,300 sessions featuring almost 1,000 speakers available online. You can view the general sessions, ASCRS paper sessions, symposia, films and posters, plus select courses and ASOA sessions on business management. It's essentially the entire meeting, anytime you want, and it's all available through the new ASCRS Media Center. If you attended the meeting, your Media Center access is free. If you're a current ASCRS or ASOA member but didn't attend, you can still see everything that you missed for the member price of $199. If you're not an ASCRS member, you can still purchase the Media Center, or better yet, Join us and get the lower member price. To view the 2012 meeting through the Media Center, visit the ASCRS website at www.ascrs.org. If you're already a member, log in first and then click the Media Center link. If you're a guest, just click the Media Center link at the top of the page. From there, you can purchase the Chicago 2012 package or better yet, Join the ASCRS and receive the discounted member price. Ask questions of Dr. Chu or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.